Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo-choo! That's right, Corey. The Bombs Express is back, and we're fresh off Marsh Series 2 tonight, aren't we? It's only knocked off probably a couple of hours ago now, so let's uh, let's review that. But before we do that, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us at Patreon and Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, and now bombs on YouTube at Supercoach Elites. <laughs> um, we've got what? What do we have? Uh, last week's draft, which went for a long time. Um, I Quicker dropped... than before. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. Kind of got a little bit lackluster in the end when the auto timer kept going on. Um, as if I can talk, I think I missed two draft picks on that night, so uh, all good. And we've got the new I done the other, the other day, how to do the captain's loophole. So just an example of what the captain's loophole would look like. Um, and we're going to start with some more this week too. So we'll have a, another video up this week and probably a couple more and just get a little bit of extra content on YouTube weekly. So uh, that's the plan with that. Anything else? Anything else? Top of the, top of the pod? No. Nah. Uh, I think that's the, been the news of the week. Yeah, beautiful. Straight into... I almost called it JLT again. You'd think I'd, by now I'd have it under wraps. Yeah, but, you know, calling it JLT is probably just the theme of the, the pre-season anyway, isn't it? That's it. So the Marsh Community Series round two all finished up. We've got to go all the way back to what was it last Friday. Uh, we had the, the double header that night. Um well, that night, the one of the games was at 4.50, I think. Um, Gold Coast Suns and the Adelaide Crows. We'll start with the away team again, like we did last year. Kind of mix things up. Last year, last week. Uh, kind of mix things up a little bit. We'll go with Darcy McPherson. Bombs, he's put together two absolutely flawless games of football. He had another 127 Supercoach points the other night. Another 31 disposals. Why are we not giving Darcy McPherson enough credit? Why is he not in everyone's Supercoach team right now? Because he was he wasn't in our squads going into the the preseason uh, series, was he, Corey? He wasn't. And uh, if we listen to the preseason podcast, what do we say about people not in our squads? If they weren't on your mind or weren't, hadn't been in your team yet, don't grab them after the preseason. Yep. Aside from players sort of under you know sort of that sort of two fifty k rookie sort of mark, but um, yeah. So you know what? Good on him. Um, he's a beefy fella, isn't he? Well, didn't yeah, think he was that beefy. Stocky bloke. Um, five years. He has. I think I can remember picking him up at 1.2 as a rookie. But um, put it this way, Corey, um, no, I won't be starting him because there are a lot of guys in this preseason that will kill your years um, if you start with them. And uh, if they absolutely dominate and you don't start with them, then you've always got the option to trade them in. Any chance that he could become a top six player through the year or you just think this is preseason hot? Probably pre-season height, but, you know, after last year's antics, I'm remaining a little more open-minded this year, Corey. Um, especially and I up forward. Especially up forward, and particularly given, I mean, just the the blanket we can just throw over a number of players, and we always have one or two players come from absolutely nowhere. So, you know, maybe McPherson's that really kind of nowhere pick, but, hey, I ain't got the cajones to, to put it on the line at the start of the season, I'll tell you that much. Wouldn't it be all right if uh, we had Zach Smith as just a solo rock choice without... Um big wits this year. I'll tell you now, if wits went down with an ACL between now and the start of the season, probably wouldn't be the worst thing that happened. <laughs> Supercoach-wise, I mean, for him it's... Supercoach team, mate, just want to clarify on that or? For him, it's, for him it's quite devastating, but for our Supercoaches, it ain't too bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and what, Hugh Greenwood put a line through it? 
Uh, now, I watched that game and then I thought, thank God. Thank the Lord. Because, again, someone that was on that sort of radar and that sort of forward line position, I was quite confident after the first week. But thank God he put out a display like that because I've scratched him off and he has not re-entered my frame of mind since uh, Friday's game. You know, I still wouldn't be surprised if he finished top six. They were pretty good numbers on the week. Like, nothing that set the world on fire, but 16 touches, six tackles, 13 contested disposals, 56% by foot was the uh, biggest downfall. I wouldn't be surprised if he went full-time mid and those numbers went back up to around 100 cleaning everything up. It is a pre-season game, so um, I would I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if we ended up this, we ended with him in our teams this season. Yeah, uh, you know, sort of in the realms of possibility, but um, again, I'm not going to start the year with him just because uh, I, I needed to see just some really... Look, it wasn't even the fact that he'd, you know, just... I don't know, it just seemed like he wasn't present to you in the game. Yeah. Like, to me, just like... It's not like he had a lot of nearly moments or, you know, if he worked better in the contest in that situation, you know, you could have picked up five points here, five points there. He just seemed to be nowhere. And I thought his time on ground was going to be quite low. And 79% by the end of the end of the game, I thought, well, where was he doing the whole game? Yeah, it definitely didn't look like he did the week before. That was for sure. Because, yeah, um, you know, the players in our radar, you know, we're always just watching them. That's all we're looking for at the moment, isn't it? We're like, okay, he's in our radar. So I'm just going to watch him specifically on the screen. I know that's what I do. And I, it just seemed like I just couldn't find him. Well, that's fair enough. Look, there were pa- he did have patches. He definitely did. Because I try and watch the games without checking Supercoach scores while I am watching them. Um, just in the preseason, anyway. Uh, and look, I didn't think he had the worst game out there. He definitely didn't set the world on fire. But happy to pass up, especially with Dev and um, Jack, Jack Stephen today, too. So definitely happy to pass it up. Mate, were you impressed by Lockie Weller at all? Um, look, I'm, I'm not buying into everyone's hype around Lockie Weller because I feel like this is some of the potential that we've seen for a period of time. However, his scores haven't set the world on fire. I mean, over his first two games, would he even be classified as a top six? You know, defender? I don't think he would. Well, probably not, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he was come the end of the season. He's, he's a class above when he's got the ball in his hand. Um, I really like him, and one that I'll definitely have in the watch list moving forward. I, I like this Gold Coast team. I actually really like what they're doing. Yeah, can't say the same, mate. Yeah, I don't mind them. They'll, they'll definitely, you know, they'll beat teams like Essendon, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about the kids. Yeah, I reckon we'll go with your boy Jeremy Sharp first. Yeah. Pretty boy. impressive for 46% game time. I'll inform you of something. He came on last week, right, in the second half. Now, this is the only thing I don't like. He's played two halves of football. But when he came on in the second half last week, people, you know, they start riding to the page, Corey. It's what they do. Hey, Bont, you said Jeremy Sharp. He only scored 16, whatever he scored. Mate, he had that from nine touches, playing the half-wood flank. Now, he switched to the half-back line this weekend, Corey. 14 touches, seven marks from 46% game time. And knocked out a 42. So, you know what? He is all but locked in my team. I'm very hopeful of seeing him round one. Um, I haven't got around to the presses from this game just to hear what's going on. I've done a lot of the presser reviews this week, but I have not done this game yet, unfortunately. I think he was fantastic in that, like that second half that he played. Absolutely he was fantastic. He not was as sick. He was last week either. Well, he couldn't have been as deep because he's on the back flank this week compared to the forward flank last oh, week. There you go. Always Just a totally go. different part of the ground, mate. Well, that's a positive, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, 
rotating in midfield. We've got as a little uh, little wing icon. Um, Connor Buterick, how do you feel about that? Well, I like the fact that he pumped out a 37 from 45%. But again, another one of these options, they're only playing sort of a half a game. Now, I don't know what they're doing with their 22, but maybe it means they're only getting one out of Buterick and or Sharp. The Sexton injury might help us there, I think. It opens up a position depending on how significant it is. But um, from what was sort of being said on the, uh, well, on the on the tally and whatnot, but that seems to be a most certain hamstring injury. So we're looking at three, four weeks there until he's back. Could be handy. Uh, Matty Rao just absolute lock, 13 touches in bugger all game time. Um, yeah, 14 I've got here and four tackles in that too, which is, I think, is really important. But again, real good quick maths for me. <laughs> nine, nine of those touches were contested. And that's what we like. So yeah, again, know. like you said, 41%, he's had four clearances. Um, yep. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute shooing. Noah Anderson as a warm body is one that's really interesting. I, I look, I'm not going to talk about Jess McLennan cause I don't think he's actually going to, um, get a gig come round one. I mean, I would, I would love it. But uh, Noah Anderson's one. I think we are going to get a warm body there. But at the price tag, is it you just have to avoid, even though that it is, it is a person? He won't even average 50 this year, Corey. He's going to play, from what I've seen in the preseason, he's not playing midfield. And as a first-year player who's you know meant to be a pure midfielder, I think he's going to play that you know half-forward, forward-pocket kind of yeah. role. No, don't even go near it. I don't care what it is. I don't even care if it's a heartbeat. You don't pay 180 something thousand for a heartbeat. It's actually crazy. Gotta love these rookies. Uh, oh, we'll he's jump... 200, isn't he? Yeah, he's not even 100. He's, he's 200, pick, 202. Pick, pick two, yeah. Yeah, 202,000. Got that? Got the price wrong there. I mean, that's even more of a note. It's ridiculous. Hopefully, we get a couple of these boys from the Gold Coast Suns. I think we. I think we will have. Uh, three, Sharp, Buderick and Rao and I think they will, it's going to look a bit weird because their midfield is going to have a lot of sort of, you know, Gold Coast sort of flavour in it with two on the bench and one on the field I would have thought. Winding back the clock Who's winding it? The Supercoach Gods Oh, with, yeah, but just with the the inception eight years ago, whatever yeah. it was, ten years ago yeah. um, <clears throat> Adelaide Crows, mate is Rory Laird just on absolute lock now that Brody Smith's playing through the guts. I mean, he's got that whole flank to himself. Everything is going to go through him. Um, yeah, it looked like the Rory Laird of old. Tweeted at pre-game, Corey, and I said, there'll be one change to my team after this game, and it'll be Rory Laird coming in. And I'll tell you what, the, the headache I've got between Laird and Houston uh, at the moment is ridiculous, but I'm quite sort of happy Houston probably has a bigger headache because he was well, knocked out this well, weekend, wasn't he? Headache that uh, uh, <laughs> woke up with the next day probably solved that problem for you. <laughs> so uh, we shouldn't joke about concussion, should we, Corey? We've got to be a PC. Um, but um, no, look, Rory Led now is quite comfortably the number one defender in my side, and he sat there since um, Friday night. Is that when it was? Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. And uh, I, d- I don't see a situation unless I'm incredibly, incredibly desperate for 50K where I get rid of him. Yeah, well, I can't even remember when. When, we, when did we talk about this? Was it on, was it on Friday night? We may have been on uh, chat That's with right. uh, Patreons. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, and we're saying that quite clearly now that Brody Smith changing role is just so big for Rory Laird. Yeah, 100%. But also big, you know, for Brody Smith, who's a $480,000 defender. That's crazy. 
Yeah. I will I will expect though, without doubt, him to get a lot of attention. He's not getting a free run like he done on the weekend though. Yeah, clamping down on that if he's getting that much pill. Sure. Yeah. They they've kind of needed someone to use that can use the ball to go through that midfield. Mm-hmm. Agree. Can he finish top six? Yeah, I hope it, man. He's got the role. So, uh, again, like the forward lines, this is so open. Like, really, really open. What's he worth? 481. Uh, 481. Pricey. Imagine he was like 80k cheaper. But that's what we had him at. Um, no, how much did we pay last year? Was yeah, he 400? 50 something, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, well, whatever he was. I mean, we had him last year. So, people might be all about that. He was good for us last year. Let's get him again. Um, you know, if he's kind of got wing midfield, I mean, his hamstrings are a chance to go ping. That's probably my only concern. So um, from choosing one out of Smith and Laird, which I'm sure people are thinking about, um, it's the, the safety in Laird for me for an extra 40k. Yeah, Brett, uh, did Brett tweet something about Rob today? Was that today that he tweeted it? I remember I'll tell you now, me and Brett, we've been private texting because we're mates now, Corey. Um, and we're actually texting about, he actually approached me Rick, with some super coach. He wants some super coach advice. And... Uh, he, he has hit absolute fucking rock bottom, that's for sure. Uh, well, he had to have, because his rucks were Grundy and Rob. <laughs> a fair income court. Now, I'll tell you what, though. You have a look at this, and his work around the ground was actually really good. I was actually impressed with him. He's had over 20 touches in the game, but the problem with him was just how efficient he was and how fumbly he was. I mean... It's no surprise. I mean, people are like, how do you have 24 hit outs, 20 touch, and only score 60? Mate, watch the game because his touches, probably he should have been on negative 10 for his 20 touches, and he got all the other points from hit outs. It, it was shocking. I reckon it's a nostalgic pick. He's just a big, bloody galoot. Like, there's just... He's not clean enough at ground. He's no grundy. Like, even... Like, I like Rowan Marshall because of how clean he is around his feet. Like, Max Gorn. Like, Rob... But I dispute that. Oh, uh, Rob... Rob was clean last year, and he showed the ability to do stuff around the ground. He was just not clean on the weekend. Mate, I said he's not clean around his feet. No, no, around his feet. No, he's, he's clean around his he feet. He's not clean around his feet. Yeah, I, I think he is. He's, but like I'll a, he's like a big freaking lumbering tree that just can't pick the ball up from his toes. I don't think he's going under 107 this year for an average. Under 107? Yep, he's going 107 plus for an average I'll this take year. you on that if you want. Well, I'm a bit deep in my bits at the moment, Corey, but maybe I'll just make the statement. We don't need to, you know, gamble responsibly, as they say. Um, but 107, yeah. I mean, look, he, he did 95 last year, so I'm expecting some natural improvement. And the couple of things I said to Brett was, you know, he had Jacobs on his hammer last year. He doesn't have that pressure anymore. So I that's, reckon the pressure's better. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I mean. Yeah, so I'm making arguments for you here. Oh, okay. and, he, and he averaged 95 last year with like 170 in the in the middle there somewhere. So you take that 170 out and he's looking kind of like mid-80s, that kind of average. So um, that I was trying to talk some sense into Brett. But, you know, come season's end, it wouldn't surprise me if he was sort of the third best Ruckman or fourth maybe. Yeah, no, nah, I still think Rowan Marshall and Todd Goldstein pip him, but... No. Um, I don't think he can pick him. I think Brett's lost the absolute plot. I would have liked it if he could rock up for a podcast once in a while to kind of explain himself, but... He's, he's just in he's in all sorts. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Benny Crocker, is he is, is he going to get a game? 152k oh. forward? X-Pod. I reckon. I reckon. So with what's going on with um, the Adelaide forward line, um, 
why isn't he every chance? I mean, we know Betts has left. They've obviously Betts, lost. Yolman, so there's some couple of places open there. But Yolman was kind of like a high half forward that float to the midfield. Yeah, and Chase Jones isn't really coming on, is he? Um, and there's, I think there's another one they had. Um, sort of a pocket player player. McHenry, McAdam, they're, they're sort of not like there. Brown, what's, uh, ben Davis, that's the one. Yeah, he was okay. I'm, I'm actually pretty confident he's going to debut. Um, but 123k forward. Mm, I'm not sure how. Uh, look at. We might just be desperate to come. You know, round one teams getting dropped, and we might just have to pick him. But I'm I'm comfortable. He's he's one that's going to get selected. So they they need a bit more of the pace in this forward line. Stengel obviously came across from the Tigers. He's not showing you know a great deal either. Um, so yeah, I mean the original question was around Croc. I think Croc is getting games. Um, to be honest, because I don't think there's much going on in the Adelaide forward line. We know Tex Walker's going to push out to second ruck. They lost Josh Jenkins, so maybe they just look smaller as a whole forward unit um, as well this year, which opens up again another position, as well as losing some uh, players in that. Uh, had ben Davis and um, Benny Crocker to pick from, who would you be taking? So would you be I'd, at 30k or would you be thinking that Crocker can outscore it? Nah, I'm, I'd spend 30k on Crocker. So I feel like I'd be spending 30k on job security. Yeah. And I don't think that's a problem. Like if we're looking at 50, 60, 70k, like if he was 200k, I'm saying no, 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 definitely Davis. But 150 is kind of that awkward kind of price where you're, it's probably teetering on the line of uh, do I or don't I. But um, if I had the money sitting in the bank, I would grab Crocker. Fair enough. Anything else you want to take out of this game? No, mate. Your biggest take out of the game? Um, the fact that I think Brody Smith was out on the, uh, well, just, you know, sort of pure mid and just the, the I guess just how good um, Rory Laird looked. Yeah. No, and I've already been too. I haven't had him in for a couple of weeks, but after sitting there and watching that game, it's just one of those ones. It's just, you can't ignore that. Yeah. It was the eye test. The evidence was there. Um, and I was, again, super impressed with Matty Rouse's first half of football. My biggest takeout was Brush just a dickhead. <laughs> he's lost his absolute... He's lost the plot, mate. He's talking yeah. to you. He's picking abnormal names. He's if, not picking um, players like Matt Rowe. I hadn't sent you the team he sent me yesterday. Yesterday, Rowe was in his team. And about, I reckon about an hour later, we had a discussion. And I didn't even comment on Rowe. I just left him in there. He just messages, but now a lady goes, I had to save 80k, 80K. Rao is out. I don't know where he's getting off thinking he's finding like 620k players who are playing in the midfield. He's lost the plot. That's his problem. <laughs> uh, head across to the Hawks, and who did they play? Melbourne. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How did Petrarca go? Yeah. Yeah. Up your arse, cockhead. I was hoping it was going to pop, let's be honest. <laughs> you, you did say that to me. Yeah, we'll go to the Ds. Um, oh, takeaways from this, kind of not too much really. Uh, Clayton Oliver, oh. how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be worried about premiums, I guess, in this format um, of the game. I mean, he's going to be good to be around one. He'd probably average 110 on the season. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we need to give it too much airtime. How impressive was Luke Jackson, actually, in his little cameo of football out there? 71 yeah, my- points. Most certainly was, uh, from 49%. He played the second half, Gorn played the first half, and between them, they scored 139 points. <laughs> Would you be worried at all if come round one, Gorn and Luke Jackson were named in the same side? No. Uh, you know, a lot of the sort of the word um, that you hear from the Demons is that they're sort of relatively comfortable that Jackson might be the tallest midfielder to ever play the game. So... 
Um, no, I mean, Gorn knows his position. You know, he'll be a kick behind the ball the entire time. He'll be taking the majority of the ruck work. And uh, I think Gorn, honestly, he's a shoo-in for 120, and I think he's going 130-plus again. How good was that half of football? I mean, 68 from 41% game time. Uh, you know, was, you know, within our conversations, that we weren't impressed that he'd actually done this because what, did it, what does it do? Just... People now are just going to be flocking to, to get Gorn we in. We were so happy when he got subbed off. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, and then we get the question, oh, oh Gorn only scored 68. But they've got no idea some of these people feel. Mate, I don't understand how watching that game, you could then sit there and question not running Gorn as your Ruckman. Like, <laughs> this was... was I, I reckon the, the question I've had, I, I, especially on Twitter, I reckon I've seen it more this week than I ever, like, than even before that. Like... Just people like, oh, I need to save some money, so I'm going to go Gorn down to something. Like, just like, I'm like, did you watch the game on Friday night? Like, he was a gun. And I thought Segler rucked really well, too. Do you so, not Do you not feel like these people, because they're trying to get rid of one of these big dogs, I'd much prefer to get rid of Lockie Whitfield to one of these mid-priced forward-line players. I'd prefer to get rid of a midfielder than get rid of Gorn. Yeah, but, you know, you have to go down to sort of the 400k yeah. price. So, you know... I think Gorn, over the last two years, he, he's gone 128, 127, and four years ago he did 118. He's not, I, don't, I don't see him dropping under 120. Yeah, he was insanely good. The only worry is if he somehow gets injured. Like, that's it. That's the only Well, worry. you know what, but, but why is he more of a risk to get injured than, you know, Grundy or Rob or any one of these rucks you're sort of getting there? No, he's probably he's cause fine. Because he, he had a bit of a problem. In the preseason would be it. It was a non-issue. We've said that consistently. Well, I know I have because you've been one of these cockheads that have flirted with Nick Nat. Well, for actually a large portion of the preseason, we get to Nick Nat. And every time, oh my, it's just cringe every time. You just you must run Gorn. I think there's probably three to four players that are just absolute must at the moment, and Gorn, Grundy, and McRae would be sort of in the top three. I would have thought. Nick Nat. Shut up. Uh, did they? They didn't debut anyone, did they? The demons. Uh, yeah, they had Toby Bedford. Bedford. That's right. Yeah, that's because um, we couldn't figure out what number he was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know, from you know, forty-three points from thirty-two percent is rather impressive. Um, and what I liked: six touches, six kicks, and you know, Supercoach are generally weighted to the players that kick a little bit more as well. I would have thought, but um, you know, thirty-two percent is probably not a strong indicator that we're going to see in round one. However, you know, there was the injury to Vandenberg. So, you know, maybe that does, uh, you know, open something up if, if he wasn't able to get up for round one. I thought he was good when he was out there too. Slotted that goal. Mm-hmm. That was a good goal. Um, jump across to the Hawks. Tom Mitchell, mate, that was like biggest half ass game ever for a nice handy 112. From 24 touches now. He's in your team at the moment. Hell yeah. I mean, there's been that, there was that one time in the preseason where I flirted with taking him out. And you know why? It's because it was a Hawthorne podcast and you and Breda told me about the snapped leg and all this sort of crap. And um, that only lasted, you know, the sh- you know, a day, two, whatever it was. But uh, lock and load, fair income. I mean, the thing we used to say with Mitchell is he gets 30 to 35 touches and scores like 112. The most impressive part was only having 24 and scoring 112. Yeah, do you reckon him and Segler have good synergy? <laughs> Segler synergy. I tell you now, Segler, Segler is, is a not a good, uh, uh, you know, sort of in the air ruck, actual ruck specialist. 
Mate, 101. Oh, I'm actually really, like, I'm, I'm warming to this Segler pick, by the way. Yeah, I don't mind it. People I don't think I've got the balls. I've been on it for a while. I don't think I've got the balls to start it. But, man, I reckon he'll be top six. Yeah, people are looking at it and thinking, yeah, Rowan Marshall last year, Sol Ruck um, was around the 350k to start the year. Uh, Segler, looking at Sol Ruck here because, you know, if you saw the game, McAvoy, big boy, he played centre-half back. So, they're looking at Segler just thinking, yep, we've got another one there. And, you know what, we may well have, but I'll be comfortable um, picking Segler at, you know, round 12, round 13, round 14 this year at 500k and running the year with him. Good. Yeah, I mean his um his games played as well. That's a worry. Yeah, must be of concern too. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are looking at him at the moment. But I urge you just to have a, well, you probably won't have a look. So I'll read you his games. But 2014, 13, then he went 14 games, 19. Uh, didn't play the next year because the broken leg and all that. Um, then he came back and had 10 games and then 15 games. So. Aye, aye, aye. Um, with, uh, you know, rookies kind of limited, I feel like we want to be getting players that have a track record of playing 22 games year in, year out, just to reduce the amount of rookies we're going to have on our field uh, during the year. Especially with all the other risk you've got floating around too. That's correct. Um, James Sisley, I think he was best on ground out there that night. He was an absolute gun. Just flying up off the halfback flank, intercept marks, just getting plenty of the pill. The one thing that passed the eye test for me for Sis was the amount of ball that went through him. It was yeah. everything was through him. There was a couple of real bad clangers, but there were some really beautiful kicks there as well. I am super confident on James Sisley, and you'll find that out on Wednesday's podcast. Yeah. You're going to get that. Um, you know, we spoke about... You know, Patton coming into the team, what does that do? Although Mitch Lewis went down with an injury, so it'd be funny to see Sicily swung forward in the uh, in the first week if he doesn't get up, Mitch Lewis. But, um, yeah, I, I think with Frost coming in, big boy playing in the back line, Sicily's going nowhere near a key position post and will be used more like a back flank playmaker as opposed to anything else. There's, I mean, it's going to be the constant debate for many years probably, but... It's a matter of whether or not he lines up on the back flank or whether he uh, gets swung forward because of his mark in prowess. He's gonna he's gonna absolutely dominate down there. He's he can't he can't get goals, so he'll he'll play off that half back flank. He's a gun. Um, no no injury news on that Mitchell Lewis ankle, by the way. Not not that I know of. Um, just typed in, couldn't find anything. Yeah, no, I've, I haven't heard anything. Just I just know like that a really bad role. Yeah, didn't play the game out, so, um, but, you know, a lot of that's just precautionary type crap at this point of the year anyway. Uh, the Chad spent a little bit of time in the midfield, but only 50 super coach points. Yeah, cool. Yeah, points. just could not find the ball, could he? No, he um, thereabouts every single time, but just couldn't get onto it. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, you have a have a look at, you know, the, the sort of the cheaper options we have in the forward line. I think realistically, yeah. Uh, you're probably not selecting Wingard anyway. He's probably not coming into anyone's calculations. But, again, it just won't surprise me if he's in and around the sort of the, the top eight sort of area, the back end. Yeah. We've just got... Like, do you reckon this year we're going to have more forwards jump up from, like, that 300 to 400,000 that finished top six than before? <sighs> or top ten, maybe? No. I don't think so. I think we're we're strapped for cash. We're looking for value, 
And I think we're going to see a lot of players increase their average. I just don't think a lot of these players are going to increase their average to the point where they become a top eight. Fair enough. Um, and Damon Greaves looks like he's been absolutely trumped by uh, Jeff. Which I can't work out why, um, given you know the size of the two players and the role they seem to play when they're in the back line, but... Um, just seems a little bit bizarre, that one. But I don't think we're seeing Greaves get a name round one after he only got on the field for 12% of the game. I thought he was good the week before, too. Yeah, he was very good. No, he we, we was super chipper and super confident with it. And then they come out and say, how about no? Yeah, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, biggest takeaway out of this game? Um, well... If it wasn't that Tom Mitchell was an absolute certain starter in our teams, then I'm, well, I know that you're going to probably get run with Sicily, but Tom Mitchell and Max Gorn, I mean, how do you not? We're getting 250 points a week minimum between the pair. Um, no, and I'm, I'm actually going to run with the... Uh, look, the Gorn eye test was massive for me. It ticked every box that I wanted to see. Again, it was <coughs> where I was uh, seeing people that were quickly moving Sicily after that game and I couldn't believe it. I thought there was no way I was moving him on. I was so happy with that game of football. Um, but me, I was super impressed with Segler. I thought he rucked well against even Max Gorn. So, um, yeah, he probably impressed me the most in that game. I would love to see his quarter time or half time stat Segler and just see how much extra he uh, points he piled on. Because I don't think he was on track for a ton in the first half. I think he was. I don't know how we'd find out that information. Um, but we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's when we all need the old quarter time screenshots going back on, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, jump across the port and the doggies. It's a good game of footy again. We'll start away with the away team, the Western Bulldogs. Tim English, 100 kilos. Told you, just absolute superstar. Oh, my God. Did you um, see the amount of people? I don't know if you're on Twitter afterwards, the amount of people that were building teams around Tim English. I'm not surprised, but. Can we just take a moment to just acknowledge the fact that Scott Wyset did not play like the game, um, well, the second half, really. And, yeah, no. Nah. I mean, I'm not selecting him this year. We're probably looking at a 2021 ruck here, I think, with, with English. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a YouTube video with my, uh, my Marsh Cup 2 hype team of the week as well this week. <laughs> he just loves, he loves the camera of this bloke, doesn't yeah. he? You've got to get in front of it as much as you can. <laughs> the YouTubers. Um, yeah, Dunkley, Dunkley looked good again. A lot of contested yeah. pill. Bont looked good again. That didn't. The midfield three just always look good, don't they? Um, Jackson McRae. I was kind of hoping more people would take him out of their teams after seeing that. Yeah. Again, we're talking about premiums. We shouldn't yeah. be reflecting on premiums. I don't think premiums are premiums for a reason. And McRae's an absolute lock, and Bont's still half a chance, depending if I need the extra money for my uh, M5 spot. Yeah. Which, I have to say, of uh, there's been a new contender for M5 coming up, but I'll, I'll speak about him when his game comes up. Oh, bloody love it. They had no kids. Uh, no, they didn't even play the Waitman fella, which was a little surprising. Um, so... Yeah, they are there. They've been looking at those couple of players, you know, mid 200k, but um, we're not looking at anyone relevant. I think, you know, Lipinski, for the first time ever, probably had a higher super coach score than his um, AFL Fantasy or Dream Team score, which was half decent. And I think he's I think he's clearly the number four midfielder. 
Uh, I think he surpassed Hunter even behind uh, Bont, Dunk, and... Um, you mean uh, on a super coach format? McRae, yeah. Going into the guards. Because Lockie Hunter, yeah. I think, is just... Nah. The, he's the out-and-out the winger. Yeah, that's, that's right. So Lipinski's more of that. Yeah, Lipinski's not so much the winger. He's more of an actual sort of midfielder, if you like. And yeah. um, he's the one that, you know, you talk about this, you know, we talk about this blanket over the forward line. Lipinski, well, he just loves a little snuggle under a blanket, Corey. Yeah, I don't think, I just think that the midfield's too deep for him to even sneak into the that top six discussion. He's great picking fantasy. I had him last year. I think he's, uh, well, he's got the potential to be there. I'll hey, that. will the Hoff ruck if Scott Lysett's done for a bit? I wouldn't have thought so. Do you reckon they'll bring in, what's the other bloke, Ladhams? Yep, I think he'd have to play. I, I don't, I think the Hoff's done so much work in defence this time of year, they just had to play him out of necessity on the weekend in the ruck. But, uh, I mean, if he was a ruckman, I mean, we're looking at, you know, two years back, so circa, what are we at, 2018, whatever it was, yeah. where he was a top six forward. Um, your boy DBJ running up and down the wing, that was impressive. Um, yeah, just so what, like Dan Houston now after that head knock. I don't like it. Yeah, but 40 points and really 14 touches from 40%. And, you know, I'll, you know how much I love my presses. I mean, it's, there was a there was a moment in the, in the presser where Hinkley was actually talking about Houston and, you know, he was talking about, you know, their midfield and all the rest of it. And he goes, yeah, you know, Houston, you know, he's such an important player to us through the midfield. Um, it's just a shame he went down. And then he started comparing him to the Bont. And he goes, look, he's not quite at the Bont level. But I'm just saying that's how important he is to us in the midfield. So Hinkley is absolutely all in on this guy, um, you know, sort of just playing midfield minutes. I think what I like as well is the fact that he tackles and all the rest of it. I mean, the head knock with the new concussion rule. You heard about this, how they're going to pass the concussion test on by the Monday? Oh, really? Yep. So the new concussion rule. So I think we're going to see a lot more players with head knocks miss games or miss one game. But essentially, every Monday that comes around, or might be Tuesday, depending on the fixture, I think it's five days before, they've got to pass the concussion test again five days before their next game. And if they don't, then they won't be able to play. So the fact that they've got the week off here really plays into the hands of Houston because if we had uh, round one coming this week, um, he might have been in trouble. I just don't like concussions. I mean, the last man who uh, come out and had a round one concussion was Zach Merritt, and I just can't really be bothered, you know, with any of that. You know, that you're just resurfacing old wounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah resurfacing yeah. old wounds at the moment, Corey. I'm uh, starting to feel a little bit uneasy. <laughs> I think if he was 40K less, I'd still be definitely running in, but the fact that I can go Houston to Laird and still keep my structure um yeah. i think i'm almost happy to pass on him now i think he's a he's a shooing though i think he's there for round one and um anyone that starts him i'm not going to be pessimistic like i would be if um you know the people that sort of talking about you know mcpherson for example yeah oh no definitely not i was oh, i'm even huge on dan houston i'm actually shocked that i'm even considering going into the season without him but yeah. again with Smith playing in the midfield. I just think Rory Laird offers too much value and Sicily's an absolute jet, so. <sighs> Who knows? With the way the rookies drop, though, you might all of a sudden need 50K. So, you know, he, he could still make you around one team. Definitely good. Uh, did they... Oh, they had Georgiades that looked absolute cabbage. 43 in the end, though. Well, and I'll tell, I'll tell you what, though. Listen to the poor presser. He, he'll play round one, Corey. 
I'm debuting him now. I'm debuting him. They will play a three-prong attack, according to Hinkley, and they like um, – what's that young fella that, you know, had the unfortunate sort of events in his life? Um, Marshall? Oh, Marshall? Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Marshall, Dixon, and Georgiatis. What happened they, to Dixon? Was he all right after – Yep, so just, again, listening to the presser and stuff, they're comfortable that he'll be there in uh, come round one. But um, I'm telling you now, they will play the three tall forwards. This is something that a lot of clubs, I think, are doing now. You know, looking at the Saints and you know, Carlton obviously recruited around that. West Coast play it. Port Adelaide looking at it now. Um, Richmond kind of done it last year too. Three forwards is the flavour, and George Yardis will be there round one. So get him in to your forward line benches at this point because I'm very comfortable in saying he'll debut. We need something. Yeah, and look, we might not get an abundance of points, but you know what? You know, 43 from 73% could look like 50s or 60s, um, you know, every second week or whatever it is. So It just takes one of those games, you know, one of those breakout, not a breakout game, but, you know, somehow snags threes on the end of three and... Yeah, you know, that that becomes an eighty, and then you're just writing a little bit of point like value in your yeah. cash there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, West Coast and Freo. Now I did miss this game. This is, I think, the only game of the round that I haven't gone back and and checked out. Um, did want to today, but you know, works work, and um, I had people in, so I couldn't even rewatch footy. Um, and we had other games on today that I had to watch Bomb, so it was a little bit tough. We'll start with the Dockers, Fife. Now, you're going to have to carry the reins here for most of this. That's okay. And, and um, I was expecting that's okay, do it anyway, but I'll set you up for an absolute pot shot. No, nah, that's fine, mate. Uh, if Brett was here, I might have taken that. Um, look, Fife, I mean, Fife done five things. Uh, 115, we can probably expect that to be season average. Um, and, you know, I'm, people want to start Fife. Look, I'm not anti it. I'm certainly not anti it. He'll get 115 to 120 points over 19 games or 18 games this year and uh, may even win another Brownlow. But um, for me, I, I'm, I'm finding you know a bit more, a little bit elsewhere because I reckon there might be a couple others around his price that can exceed that average and probably play a few more games. I wouldn't be surprised if he played 22. I know it's been a while, but he's had a full pre-season and I love the Nat 5 pick. He's he's one of the players right now that I'm I'm really not enjoying not having in my lineup. Um, the breakout boy Andrew Brayshaw, his brother done this last year, also almost won a Brownlow the year before. On it, yeah, 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 the year before, yeah, yeah, year before, yeah. Um, can Brayshaw be top six? He's on the he's on the cusp of top eight, I think. I don't know about top six, but I think if you start the year with him. He will service you that well that you'll get to the back end and then you'll be thinking, hmm, yeah, do I sideways Brayshaw to someone who's probably a little bit better or do I hold that trade going into finals? And um, I think that's what you're going to get from him. The midfield time, Corey. Now, this is just what's evident when you, when you watch Fremantle play is the amount of time he spends in and around the ball. And I think we said in the Freo podcast, you know, we'd expect the chair and Brayshaw to kind of do this. Piss Cherry off. Cherry no good. This is the guy, right? He was the he was the draft bolter. He went at pick number two. Cherry went at five, I believe. And this is the man this year that is going to go 95, I reckon. And he's actually current, currently sitting in my forward three position, actually. And um, 
that 4-3 position is a bit like M5 at the moment. There's a fair few players running through it, Corey. But he's every chance. I'm every chance to start the year with him. And, you know, if he doesn't get an abundance of ball, what I can guarantee is the man will just tackle you his way to some points. He, he just loves a cuddle. Is it? Does he just help them so much by allowing Michael Walt, Waters, Walters to spend a little bit more time for? Well, this is what, this is what they reckon. Down in, in Freeland. They reckon Walters and Fife won't be present at the same time in around the midfield. They reckon it'll just be one of them and they'll just let, you know, all the players kind of coming through. So you're looking at your Brayshaws, your Cherries, you know, your Darcy Tucker, um, you know, the players they brought across, Akers, Aish, you know, they got Blakely, they'll push up onto a wing and all that kind of stuff. They will just let these guys sort of just run the show because I think they've worked out that if this isn't their premiership team, and the guys coming through underneath them, Brayshaw and Cheryl, might might help this team actually finally win their first flag. So um, I'm very, very comfortable with running Andrew Brayshaw at this point in time. I was going to say, I know you got him at the moment, but say you didn't play, you didn't start with him, how many weeks into the season before we're saying, all right, we've got to go get Andrew Brayshaw? I don't think we're going to be saying, okay, I have to go get him. Um, because what we'll, I think what we'll see is we'll see a lot of players sort of come and... Um, you know, up or, or rising in average, and then we'll just go sort of pick, you know, who's got the best buy at that time. Or I don't think if you start with him, if you're not starting with him, I don't think you're actually going to select him pre-buy, to be honest. Okay. Would you be surprised if he finished at six? Um, I, I'd be surprised, but, but on a minimal kind of scale. Because yeah. I think he'll be in and around the eight. Um, but six, I think, you know, you're probably looking for 100 minimum for your six. And I think he's going to do minimum 90, but, you know, more believably around 95. Fair enough. Griffin Logue, just absolute superstar, isn't he? <laughs> well, according to you. <laughs> oh, well, someone's going to talk about him. Lucky Schultz, getting a little bit of love. 200k forward, 208, yeah. kicking goals, yeah. had 14 touches. Yep. Yeah, I mean, not much more to add than that, like... Small Ford, I mean, Ballantyne's left. Um, who knows? Who knows? But 200k, I'm not prepared to pay. Is your boy Sturt playing? Oh, it's a very good question. I don't want to have too many key Ford rookies, Corey. I think we're all running Max King, and I think at this point, I prefer Georgiatis over Sturt. Oh, imagine that we got no choice but to start a wall. Uh, it would be incredibly ugly, but I think we're going to have enough with uh, ranking um, should get a game and well, the surprise packet from one of today's games, Mr. Taylor uh, being the other one. Uh, the West Coast midfield boys just getting it done again, but Nick Nutton doing another 100 off 58% game time bombs. When we come to the regular season, he's playing around that 80% game time. That's probably 130 each week <laughs> at that value. Surely you've got him. It's it's cringe the fact you moved to West Coast without talking about Stephen Hill, Corey. Oh, yeah. He's dead now. He's not dead. Um, I'll tell you now, what I've learned in the preseason is that listening to Justin Longmire is not an easy thing to do. He's got to be the most boring person to ever like come across uh, you know, an interview that, that I've seen. He's relatively optimistic, says it was a little bit precautionary, sort of why he was taken off, but... The, my main concern when I first looked at Stephen Hill this year was that, no, I just can't do it. Injuries every other week. Um, and even with the positive news that he may even start round one, I'm not going to do it, Corey. I'm, I'm totally off now because 
it's just it's triggered me again. Just here comes the injury, and it's just going to be a constant thing that uh, you'll have to deal with. On I don't every, think any he's week. playing round one either. I think I've seen something today saying that more likely to miss some play. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, that that should scare people off for nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it was calf again, wasn't it? No, a uh, quad. A uh, quad, quad. That's it. Ah, uh, same thing. Anyway, moving back to Nick Nat. Ah, uh, yeah. Clearly. 60%, in and around 60% is all he's ever going to do. And I will not start the year with him. People want to do it, go for it. You want to save 200k and, you know, not run gone, but when Nick Nat's gone down, I'll be sitting here waiting for your apology. Bombs, mate, we should have listened to you, Bombs. You told us about Nick Nat. Uh, you told us Gorn was potentially going to average 130. And he's only done that the last two years, so, you know, you're not actually having a look again, are you? No, I'm not. Um, you love Jared Brander. You hated Jared Brander. Do you love Jared Brander again? I'm back on, Corey. <laughs> I'm back on, I'll tell you now. And the uh, the thing I liked again, and, you know, press reviews are very important this time of year because I feel like it just helps us lock in our, um, our rookies at certain points. But the thing that I liked the most was when they spoke to Simpson, he goes... You know what? He done some really good things. He done some shit things. But we really like the things that he does well. And if you look at every player, I don't care who you are, there are players on your list and on the field that do good things and they do bad things. And you get picked on the things that you, you do well, generally. And I think they've seen enough. Um, and I'm also going to declare him a round one starter. Well, thank you. He's currently sitting... Defender seven for me though at the moment actually he's on my bench my pine Corey because we've just he played behind the ball this week didn't he well he just did a little bit of everything he okay. was the ultimate swing man for him but the the interesting thing was when they took off JJK towards the end of the game or halfway whenever it was they swung Brassford which I thought was interesting given they've got Brander, someone they might feel could fill that void in years to come, but they use uh, Barras as a swingman as opposed to, you know, having a red-hot look at Brander, I guess. So, look, it's interesting, but I think what he'll do is he'll give flexibility on game day, game day as well, which is important because injuries can happen at any point. Yeah, maybe that's what just what they were looking at, what they could do. Yeah, I've got breaking news, Corey. Oh, Tim Kelly? Oh, I'd be gaff for sure. Well, no, no, hold on. Hear me out, because I've actually got several pieces of breaking news now. <laughs> Bailey Williams, the guy that didn't even line up, will debut in round one, Corey. So why didn't he play? Well, he had a slight hamstring. Well, that's not good. <laughs> no, Corey, it's good, because they've got a couple weeks off. Now, he's going to be primed, and you know what? Have a look. You may not believe me, so I'll let the listeners be the judge. At, tune into Adam Simpson's presser, and you will hear him say, yep, yeah, we've got a few positions up for grabs. He was filthy with Nathan Vardy on the, on the day, and he all but said, if uh, Bailey Williams is fit, he will play. On Friday this week, of course, we're only four days away, West Coast have got a sort of bit of an intra-club going around. He's touch and go for that game. If he lines up on Friday... I can 110% assure you that he will be locked in to that team come round one. On your scoops, West Coast. I've got a lot of eyes over in Perth, Corey. I told you about Brander, and now I'm telling you Williams will debut as well. God, you're just nailing them. 
like the, the Perth boys I love. Now, my M5 position, Corey, Gaff. I might even wait for the Supercoach Insider podcast, you know, the crossover pod we're doing on Wednesday night. But don't be surprised, Corey, if Gaff was in my top six. Well, wow. That's all I'm saying. What's he worth? He's, he's sub 600. He's a little bit cheaper than Oliver, like 10K cheaper than Oliver, I reckon. So he's in your team at the moment. Well, no, because I've got Lockie Neal in that floating position. Yep. But if I needed, Corey, you know, 80,000, I'll tell you what, I'm liking the look of Gaff. <laughs> it's not Corey, this, this is no joke. Oh, I know. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I ran him last year. Now, fair hitting. at the back end, too. He was very, very good at the back end. I think he's getting less attention, and I just think we could see. You know, we see this a lot. You know these players that are real kind of consistent 110s, yeah. and then they have this one year of 120, and they drop back down to 110s for the rest of their career. Could be Gaff this year. You reckon it's Gaff's turn for 120? There's always going to be someone that's going to come from that, you know, high kind of 500s bracket. And right now, I'm saying Gaff is a better option than Clayton Oliver. Not to mention, probably still hungry to win a flag, too. Oh, and the jaw. I mean, his jaw's never been rock solid since pre-Brayshaw punch. You know, the thing I'm looking forward to, actually, is Andrew Gaff and Brayshaw playing in the same outfit. Huh? Andrew Brayshaw. Isn't that the guy Gaff knocked out? Yeah. They're yeah. playing in the same outfit. Oh, for the Bombs Express, my outfit. My club oh, outfit. Gotcha, gotcha. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. They're going to be playing in the same outfit, Corey, and they're going to, you know what it's going to bring? It's going to bring next level ferocity to my team, I think. Yeah. A bit of a thirst, a bit of a hunger to kill, Corey. Right, because one's been knocked out and the other one's knocked someone out. Yeah, but you know what? To get back up, you've got to show resilience, you've got to show heart and grit and determination, and they're the characteristics I like, Corey. And being able to throw a cheap punch. Hey. There ain't nothing wrong with knocking someone out because I tell you now, if uh, you don't knock them out cheaply, you may just get knocked out yourself. So do everything you can just to fucking rub them off, Corey. He does not mean that. Uh, moving on to his, uh, GWS and Richmond. Uh, we'll start with the Tigers. Uh, Tom Lynch, for those who love him, snag four, 111. I'm sure that would have got some chemical juices going in those uh, Richmond supporters. Boring. Uh, you know, that, that's what how I can sum up this game. Super coach wise everything else-wise, Corey, boring and bland. And I feel like it's going to be that every time Richmond take to the field. They give us nothing, absolutely nothing. There was a lot of uh, uncontested footy. Well, yeah, you could say that, but they're just bland. I mean, you look at some of these names and you just think, how do they keep getting the job done? Like... Castagna, Soldo, Caddy's a piece of shit. You know, like Liam Baker, fair income. They just got a lot of just players that just do a role, and it does. It really is proof that the, the sum of the parts are better than the parts sold individually, or whatever the hell that saying is. Yeah, very good. Uh, I know. Uh, is it Frogger? Is Frogger the one who does the memes in our chat? I've got no idea. Oh, fuck. I'm going to find out. Because if I fuck that up, I sincerely apologise. The bloke that does the memes every week, especially in Patreon, absolutely kill me. Finish a pod, he's got a meme up of something that one of us have said, like every single oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Show so much attention off by that fella. Yeah. Uh, Dusty kind of looked good again, just without being great. 
Well, you know, actually, speaking of memes, um, there was one that came out from the Australia T20 World Cup, which uh, Australia won. They actually awarded Dusty best on ground in that game. Oh, that is so have you, have you seen that one? Nah, mate, that's absolutely genius. Hey, fair to just winning everything, Dusty. Um, look, you'll get 22 games, and, you know, we've got a bit of security. Now, if you go back to the Richmond podcast, you'll hear some of the concerns I have around his, you know, start to the years and all that kind of crap. But, uh, look, I mean, you're getting the top six forward, you're getting someone that's playing 22 games, probably shouldn't think about it too much more than that. Yeah, no, look, I like to pick him. I don't think there's any way I'm not going to pick him. Uh, did they debut? Oh, that young Coleman Jones again. He had another run, is he? Oh, 195. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're not going to touch him, but one will all be touching Top Corey. Yeah, Bow Newen. Yep, Marlon Pickett. Um, I'll tell you now, the lack of love he gets on a super coach perspective, this is back-to-back weeks in the preseason. You know what I reckon? It's a conspiracy, Corey. He went, he went at 55%. That probably doesn't help. I'll tell you now, though, it's still a conspiracy. You want to, I'll tell you why as well. I mean, he's had 20 touches and eight tackles, so it's not like he's had a bad outing. But I'll tell you this. They are that concerned super coach. They reckon through Pickett they're going to have the, the a new record being broken. You know, 90% of players are going to pick him. And I think what they've done, they've just held back his super coach scoring just to scare a few people off. Like Brett probably won't pick him. Yeah, well, I've actually heard that Brett got rid of Rao for Pickett and then got rid of Pickett for Thompson Dow. That would not surprise me at all. Because he had five handballs for 20 touches, Corey. Uh, 20 points, sorry. Brett loves mediocre players. (laughs) I mean, if you're not starting Pickett, you're you're actually not any good, I don't think. Yeah. Um, That it for that mob? Yeah, they're boring, Richmond. Um, oh, Jesus, didn't GWS plays dominate? My God. But they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players score over a ton. Cornelio Green. Oh, Jay Gibbs was up there. Yeah. Oh, that, in the first half, he was on fight. He was over 60 by the halfway point. Cup know? Express just showing us what a freaking fantastic player he is. Probably pick him, to be honest. Now, where was he when I traded him in two years ago, Corey? <laughs> but now, you. You might say that I see things in players and, and that's why I grab a little bit early. And maybe I just need to wait for them just to really kind of hit their straps. But this is back-to-back now for Isaac Cumming. He's 245000 You can't condone it. It's far too much money. But boy, oh boy. You know what I, I don't understand? You know we're saying you can't condone it. What about last year when all of us, or was it last year or the year before, whenever everyone was on Riley Bonner? Yep. Like, and that was at 270, just, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, even a little bit like, yeah, like 265 or some shit. Like, why can't you condone come, the Come Express if he's doing this every week? Because I think the difference with Bonner is we had a really pronounced and assured role in the team. I mean, the Come Express, I mean, he's no guarantee to be in there at round three. Okay. Maybe not even round two. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, do you have him at the moment? Yeah, yeah, so I'm doing everything I can, you know, within my means here just to hold on to certain players, and Whitfield's obviously one of them. Um, although, you know, when I when I think about the depth we have in rookies and all the rest of it, I'm starting, you know, I feel like if one player's going to go, it might be Whitfield just because he's consistently kind of only played 16 games across a few seasons. So I'm look, it's more from a games played perspective. I know that 
every week when I come up against my opponent. I'm going to hate seeing his name there, and for that reason, I'm more than likely just going to start him because he is going to be the number one averaging forward. But um, the problem is then though is if the well, games that he misses are late, then you're bringing him in for those missed games, and you're missing out on the scores he scores early. That's correct. Yeah, I'll, I'll, there's no way I'm not picking him. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing everything in my power to hold on to him, and I feel like I'm relatively settled on my team at the moment. And um, yeah, he's currently in it. Yeah, Tom Green getting shit done again. Oh, just a sh- an absolute shoeing. I think. I mean, if, if Fair Dinkum he doesn't play, then there is huge concerns. I think about their match committee down there. They they need to play him early in the year, not late in the year. And the reason being, they're going to play finals football. So take a look at him early and hold yeah. him off to the second half. Have a look at him now. Yeah, he's been good. He's done everything to earn a spot. Yep. Uh, Lucky Ash. Cooled my jets a little bit. Um, but again, 62 from 69%. Very, very good, I would have thought. When's that Zach Williams idiot back? Well, it's no... Sort of certainty, but I think it might be round two. But I think we spoke in the last pod that this might be one of those potentially lingering injuries, and we may only see sort of 12, 14 games from him. But Did you listen to a presser of this? No, I didn't, no. Not this game, because I found this game boring to watch, so I figured the pressers would be equally as boring. But I will get round to it. And my sort of thing at the moment is Noble Ash, Noble Ash, and it just depends on whether I sort of need the, the money kind of sitting there. Or not. What'd you do with Hill? Oh, instantly got rid of him. Yeah, so, yeah, so essentially he has become uh, Curtis Taylor from North Melbourne after I've done a few sort of minor swaps throughout the, uh, yep. the preseason here. But um, he went to Curtis Taylor, which enabled me to get some more money in my, to my back line, which enabled me to get Starsevich and, um, yeah, enabled also me to also get Lockie Neal as well. Okay. A couple of. Interesting trade. You're not worried about, I mean, we'll get to it, but Lockie Neal getting absolutely taken out of that game in the first quarter? No, he came back with a, with a vengeance, didn't he? So um, I'm not worried, no. I feel comfortable with Lockie Neal. All right, we'll talk, we'll talk about that when we get to that shit game too. Um, St. Kilda, or Collingwood and St. Kilda. We oh, can, can I say, can I mention one other player? Oh, my God, sure, go for it. Because yeah. we're not going to select him. We know that. But if Jackson Hatley isn't the next, you know, biggest thing, I reckon it'll be a big thing before uh, Tom Green is, and he will be the next kind of midfielder, you know, under Cornelio uh, Whitfield Kelly, to sort of come through and, and get that come, hundred average and come back to Melbourne. Well, potentially, yeah, he might just come back to Melbourne. But three hundred thousand. If he was two hundred, I can assure you, I'd be starting him over Matty Rao if I, if it was between the two of them. I'd start both of them. I probably would start both of them, but he's probably just 100k too much. But uh, honestly, he'll go 90 this year, I reckon. He'll go close to 90 if he's playing consistent games. Yeah. Freak. Absolute freak. Uh, good, good. Uh, can I move on now? Yeah, go for it. I'll start with the Saints. Um, nothing super relative at the top end. I mean, Jack Steele done it again. Could he just be a cheeky top 10 midfielder? No. Nah. Bit harsh, 11 tackles, 22 disposals, six free kicks. He had 17 contested. Yep, still saying no. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, how good did Dill Robinson look early? 
Oh, Cunio. My God. The influx that's still being around. Ah, oh, should, I, should I be starting to Robert and You're worried about the word. Fairlinkham. What did I say there was, Corey? Six players that haven't moved from my team the entire yeah. preseason. We've had Dev Smith, we've had Doherty, and Robertson. Three of them. That's three of the six. He was I don't even bother. He was an absolute jet out there early. He, he'll do 80 minimum, and you're not passing up a guy 260k that's scoring 80, or he averaging on, 80. What was he on, like 40 at quarter time or something? Something like that. Yeah. Then I think his heart might have given away. No, that's a joke, because it didn't, but... He might have just pumped the brakes a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. But he's scoring 80 this year minimum. Max King looked all right early again before fading. Yeah. We'll probably just see this kind of consistently, though, from him, won't we? Yeah. Um, you know, I think with him, he's probably just got to push up the ground a little bit more. They like him as a deep forward because of his marking abilities. But, you know what, if he's having three, four, or five shots of goal a game, it'll be enough to knock out a minimum 40, and it could be anywhere up to a 70. And he'll have those odd games here or there. He'll kick five or six in a game this year, or maybe even two games, and um, we'll kind of just have to ride that wave of uh, of price rise before we knock him off. Anything else from chat about St Kilda? Nope. Head across to the Powers, Jerry. Powers, Powers, my God. Pies, Jeremy Howe, absolutely dominant throughout the year. They just kept kicking him the ball. Mm. Chris he was, and he was just floating across everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Jack Crisp, man, can he be top six this year? Did you go a year too early? I didn't start him last year, but I said... No, nah, no, nah, but with your crow. Oh, yeah, I may have. Um, I said he was going to do it this year. Last year I said that. And this year I haven't said that because for some reason I cooled off him. I'd need to see this in regulation games, though, because I feel like he could be your classic when there's nothing right on the games, just... Fucking loves getting a cheap kick and all the rest of it. <laughs> Doesn't mind bumping up his stats here and there. And uh, when the real stuff starts, we'll find out if he's made of the right stuff, I guess. What did, you, did you watch this game? Yeah, mate. What do you think of John Noble? Um, he did enough to impress me because he was just consistently finding the ball, which may have just been a, a theme with a lot of the Pies players, though, because you know there probably wasn't too many players that had under 20 touches on the day. But... Um, yeah, 215k, like, for me, I'm weighing up, is job security better for Ash or Noble? And that's going to be the deciding factor in who I start. I think I start one of them. Just don't know who it is at this point. From watching this game, I think he's done enough to hold his spot off the halfback flank. Yeah, but the worry would be, is he able to hold it, you know, for five, six, seven weeks? Yeah. That's the concern. With Quayna coming back. I don't know if Quainer comes back because, look, can you really say that? Because Quainer, has he even debuted? Yeah. Probably hasn't set the world on fire then, has he? Because I'm taking that much notice of him. But, they um, like him down at Collingwood, though. I know they like him, Corey, but, look, sometimes you just got to reward the form that's on the board, don't you? And that's what I mean. Can Noble do it long enough? Yeah. I, I, the answer is I don't know. He's such a good kick. Yeah. I mean, this has come from nowhere, hasn't it? This is... The, you know, one of the players, and Collingwood gave us one last year, didn't they? Um, Darcy Moore came from nowhere, didn't he? And had a really good kind of preseason, all the rest of it, and we were just all sort of trading him in. It was about that 230 kind of prize tag. Um, don't know, man. I mean, we're going to see Pendlebury get a lot more minutes. We'll see Trelaw come back. We'll see Adams actually play some football, hopefully, as well. Um, you know, does that affect, you know, Noble's ability to sort of push from that half back up to, you know, that sort of wing, you know, as the forward press kind of moves down into the Pies forward line. 
Um, who knows? But, yeah, certainly he showed enough to warrant a debut. It's 215K is a, it's a risk, very risky price tag, ain't it? Yeah. Super yeah, you said, I feel like you want security in the selection if you're paying that. You know what I mean? Yep. If we don't get anything come round one, I'll definitely be selecting it. Yeah, well, you're, kind of, you're sort of almost left in a no-choice kind of position there, and you'll be doing your best week in, week out to kind of just have someone fielded at that point, and, um, yeah, kind of just go from there. Uh, the Blues and the Lions. Charlie Cameron again, kicking 25 goals. Zorka had plenty of it. Jared Berry, who you called a dart, is a freak. Yeah. Neil McCluggage. Do you think too many people are getting sucked in by McCluggage for the normal game of Supercoach? Um... Because I think he'll do this during the season. I think he'll have patches of, you know, 110, 110, 120, but then I think they'll come out with, you know, 70s, 70s and 80s as well. I think he'll average more than Salko this year. Huey McCluggage? Yep. I love this guy. He's an absolute freak. Yep. I think he'll average more than Zorko, but I don't think he'll do enough to, to be in our final teams. So what's he, Matt? What's he averaging? Um, low hundreds. Yeah, 5'10". Is it worth a start? No. Nah. And I don't think it is either. Corey, not when for 70k more you can pick Andrew Gaff, who's got 120. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, absolute draft steal, I reckon. He was floating around, yeah, most certainly. Um, Stasevich and Robertson, how'd you go? Yeah, um, both currently in at the moment. Weren't you not... them during yeah, the game? Yeah, I was. Yeah. But to be fair, Corey, when I see rookies, I want to see so much from them that, you know, they're given no choice but to be an absolute lock in my team. Um, you know, then as the uh, game finishes, I do a bit of reflection and I just think, oh, hold on, I'm going to think about this now more holistically. Where are they actually at in their career? Yada, yada. What I like about Stasevich was he was quite crafty in that kind of forward pocket role. Um, but I don't... Go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, he was crafty, but is he going to give us an abundance of points? Because so. his touches are quite low. But again, I think if we're struggling in one position, I think it's defender rookies, to be honest, and cheap defender rookies. And even though he's 147, that might even be like, you know, cheap. even this. Yeah, that might even be cheap, to be honest. So um, I've worked out a way to sort of save enough cash to sort of have him in at the moment because. I'm probably expecting a round one debut now. And uh, when it comes to Robertson, well, his third quarter was uh, was good. But um, again, just concerned that this may have just been a message to, to Cam Ellis Yalman. And uh, we'll have to see what happens in that space as well. But, you know, midfield cheap rookies are a dime a dozen. There's definitely only space for one of them in that team, I think. Robertson and Stasevich? Yeah, there's space for one. I disagree. You reckon they're both a chance to make it? Yep. I don't think so. I think Stasevic more likely at this point than Robertson. Yeah, I think that, that maybe one will debut. And I think, yeah, Stasevic as well. I think they'll want to get some um, Magoo's football into Robertson. Mm. Yep. He was a draft slider, wasn't he? He was. He was a bloke that went at 22. He's got the number two on him, Corey. So I kind of like them, you know, all the, the sort of number numbers in that. You know what I mean? Nah. And he, and he may even be, Corey, the, the second player to be named as a debut for uh, the Lions this year. Who knows? Oh, like, yeah. um, the Blues, how much did we want Sam Doherty to come off at, like, quarter time? Now, the people out there, 
aka Brett, and aka anyone that likes Brett, that includes his parents, Corey, they can all get fucked. Fair dinkum, I mean. What did I say last week? Yeah. What did I tell you? It was just all about the efficiency with the ball. If you saw the way this guy kicked the flipping football, you would understand that he will be, and I don't care that the crossover podcast will be on Wednesday for your top selections, he's, again, the number one defender. And you're paying 430k for the number one defender. Get on. Yeah, Armand hasn't moved. And you, you, stupid. Needed him to be off. I needed him to come off at halftime. I needed more people to be off it. Stupid. You have to start him. Reconsidered this at any point. You're stupid. He's a gun. He's a what gun. are you, Corey? You're stupid. Thank you. You're stupid. <laughs> Fucking Brett. Fair income. <laughs> Brett's got him now, doesn't he? No. Oh, still. This, that piece of shit's adamant. And, you know, we're going through this and I started sending him uh, pictures of Doherty during the game and after the game and all the rest of it because, you know, we private chat now, Corey, right? And uh, he just re- keeps responding back, have fun with a guy who's going to average average 90 and only play 15 games. He's a fucking idiot, this Brett. Yeah, he's still got Cam Paulson. <laughs> I think he'd like to have him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, did Tom DeConning debut this year? Uh, no, he's played football before. Um, I don't, yeah, no, he's played football before. Oh, we yeah. will um, – I think we'll probably even see him, maybe even to start the year, because there's that much injury sort of stuff going on in the Carlton. Uh, 123K, that'd be all right. He was very agile. And you know who actually frothed him was – I think it was Healy. Was it Healy during the game? Yeah, Healy was loving everything that he did. Jerry Healy second. still thinks Essendon are going to make the eight. Well, that's fair. But he had he was actually he was actually half decent, uh, to be honest, Corey. But I think we might have Williams. We may have Cherry. We may have all the rest of it. This is just another 123K ruck. I think when Carlton get McKay fit again, obviously there's McGovern, Casbolt. And you know, cruiser, you know, providing cruisers on the park. There's just no space for him in the team. So even if selected round one, I'm not going to go with it because I think McKay's due to miss the first round, but should be good for round two. Casbolt, McGovern, and Cruiser are all fit. So um, to Conning probably just play one and get dropped. So I won't get sucked into his team selection if he's there round one. Yep. Um, now I did miss it for the other one, the other couple of other games. But what impressed you most in this? In this game? Yeah. You, you might sound, you might think this is bizarre and, you know, probably a bit calm bossy. Paddy Dow, actually. What, because he actually hit a target for once? Well, you know, what's, you know what's funny? He went at 38% for disposal efficiency, but I thought his disposal use was good. So, you know, it might have just been those kind of half kicks that might have just get there on the volley or whatever it is, but the, he wasn't making turnovers. I think that's the point. And he was actually creative. He looked to get into space a few times and... I've been the biggest anti-Dow fan, but for the first time in his career, I thought, no, he, he might actually amount to something, yes, uh, whenever this game was. You know, you're a super optimistic Carlton supporter when your favourite thing is a guy who's gone at 38% before. <laughs> I think it was 38% hand-in. I don't think that's that's possible. But, and I'll tell you, Corey, Sam Walsh, he probably will just do 110 this year. He's a gun, eh? Honestly, he might just do 110. What's he worth? About 500, I think. 471. You should start him. <laughs> Over who? Make him my M5. Yeah, M5. 
There's 200k for you. Oh my god! Don't worry god. about Gaff. You got 200 grand right there. That's true, and you probably outdo Gaff as well. Um, what was, what was your take? What oh, was your take? Oh, my, was your my take. Um, uh, super coach wise, or oh, just whatever. Charlie Cameron is actually a freaking freak. I think he, he he's by far going to be Brisbane's goalkeeper. I think he's going to come close to the Coleman. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. First small forward to do so since yeah. Jeff Honey. Remember the last small forward to do I so? Just, I, I don't think he's going to win it. I just think he'll be with probably in touching distance. You know, like, yeah, kind of get within 10. Yeah, yeah, 10 to 15. I just, Particularly if it's a year where it's only 65 is the winner again. Yeah, they're, um, they're bloody good. And Hugh McCluck is just, just a freak. I'm so happy I've got him in like so many draft leagues. Wait, how's, how's this for a super coach stat? Liam Jones, nine touches, scored 19. There had to be something wrong. Five free kicks. Well, you know, I think the free kicks they might just count as intercept possessions. They might have all been involved in scoring chains. I don't know what the hell's going on. They were all contested. So, and I think the underrated thing that people don't realise is spoils and tap-ons and that sort of stuff that actually gets your points one in Supercoach. Yeah, one, and he probably just had a you know whole abundance of those. Um, head across to today's games, Melbourne and Sydney. Um, we'll start with the Swans, JPK. Mind North you. Melbourne, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry, North Melbourne and Swans. Yep. 156. Two contested. You talk about winding back to clock. Seven disposals, ten tackles. He's an absolute gun, man. Read out his, read out his time on ground, though. Uh, 69%. <laughs> it was a 200-point game if he played, you know, 80 to 90%, wasn't it? Can he do that for a whole year? No. No way. Why not? No, nah, just, you know, I'm not into winding back the clock. You know that, Corey? Just wind it back. Just wind uh, it back. Callum Mills getting a bit of the ball. Where did he play? Yeah. He played the midfield. No. No, just across half-back again. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Boyd kicking a, kicking a goal. Yep, in the first quarter. You know, the, the funny thing, right? We see um, Jake Lloyd, seven touches and a couple shots on goal in the first quarter. And the first thing you see is the Patreon chat just going, oh, my God, Lloyd's going to be number one defender. Can you imagine him having six shots a game and all this kind of stuff? Just easy jets. He's uh, sort the first goal he's kicked in his career. Yeah, he's, a, he's actually a big goal kicker. Or a yeah. Defender. yeah. Like, always yeah. goes down and kicks a goal. He loves pushing up through the wing, and particularly when you've got that forward press. This is what people got to understand. When your forward press is set, your midfielders are all of a sudden, you know, 40 metres out. Your, your half-back flankers are defending your half-forward kind of line 50 metres out. It's not that hard to kind of push forward in the modern game. Yeah, get a cheap goal. Sam Naismith took most of the ruck. He did, and, um, you know, listening to the presser, Horse Longmuir, he was... Um, he was actually one of the things, one of the takeouts I got was he was very happy with how much uh, game time they were able to get into Naismith. And what I'm reading into that is he, providing his injury free, will be selected and it's going to be irrespective of whether Callum Sinclair's fit or not. You reckon they'll still play both? Sinclair will go forward? Yep. Who's, well, I'll look at it like this. A lot of teams, we've seen the trend, right? They like to see a, a taller forward line these days, right? So there's Buddy to come back into the team. you got Tom McCartan, and then you've got, uh, you know, your resting ruck in Sinclair, probably to do more of that than Naismith, I would have thought. Um, and I'm not going to count, you know, players like Blakely, because Blakely you know, probably isn't going to end up being a winger in his uh, sort of, you know, for the majority of his career and all the rest of it. So um, 
I can see how that how they're going to play the both of them. Yeah. Were you impressed with Dylan Stevens? No, I'm, I'm not giving it any thought. I mean, when you've got uh, Tom Green and you've got uh, Matty Rowell, yeah, and we've got to have you know, we've got to spend up for probably some forward and defender rookies. I don't think there's any space for Dylan Stevens. Yeah, he just looks like he's got so much about him, though. Yeah, no, he's got a good turn of foot. Um, he's got you know sort of you know really good kind of agility and all the rest of it. Seems to be smart, good decision maker. Is what I mean by that. And but I don't think we're going to be starting him purely because we're straight for cash, mate. We can't have all the expensive rookies. Otherwise, we'd have no premiums. Oh, Zach Heaney? <coughs> Pardon me. I mean, is that not dissimilar to what he'll produce in a regular game? I mean, watching the, watching the thing today, apparently he wins 45% of his one-on-one-to-one contests. Did you know that? Did not know that. It is incredibly, incredibly high. And, you know, just... Is that I think, higher than five? Yeah, because I think most players who are rated elite are probably going at 30%, one in yeah. three. He wins 45. Like, he's been one in one in two one-on-one contests. And if you can isolate him in your forward line, that's your weapon. His clearance work isn't great. We know that. We've seen that when he's been up in the midfield. He gets involved in chains but doesn't necessarily get clearances. He's not going into a midfield role. And so I'm urging people who want to start him not to do it. He'll probably average 90 to 95 again. That's totally serviceable. But I think feel like you're... You might be able to spend your money a little wiser. How was the goal that when he was up forward, forward 50, he kind of like fell over the ball and it went to Papley and Papley picked yeah. it up and snapped it? Yeah, and he probably got 10 points away. <laughs> that was a friggin' pisser. Um, head across to North. Now, I know you want to have a bit of a ramble here, so I'll let you go. Your boy, Curtis Taylor. Well, he's not me boy. I just saw the game today, oh, Corey. Might as well claim him. Someone's got to. And I feel like everyone will be talking about him. I mean, 95 points, two goals. That's 21 touches, two goals. Lock him in. Lock him in. The one thing we know about North Melbourne is they've got a few forward line spots up for grabs. And Curtis Taylor may have just edged out my boy, Jack Marnie, Corey. Jack Marnie. He played today, but didn't he? He did play today. He scored 60-something. So that was – no, 53, sorry. That's serviceable. That's all right. 117K mid-forward. But 123K forward Taylor, we were waiting the entire – Marsh series, give us a rookie. Give us one, give us one, give us one. And what does he do, Corey? He came out, because we didn't speak about him last week. No. And what he did today was he just said, hey, guys, just a little reminder, I might know how to football. And if you know how to football, Corey, you every chance to end up in our teams. So just reflecting back on his um, – oh, sorry, I mean, I had something in my throat there. On his first Marsh game, Corey – he had three more points than Marnie. But you know what the key was? He only played 42% in his first game for 33 points. He had eight touches and a goal in that. So clearly the, boat, the bloke, let's double his game on time in the first Marsh game, right? So he goes 42. Game on time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Time on, time on Grim. Say so he goes from 42 to 84% in that first game. Yeah. You're looking at 16 touches and two goals, right? You have a look at what he... What his output was today, 86%. He had 21 touches and two goals. So maybe this is a player who's going to hit the scoreboard and give us 15 to 20 touches a game. So he's shown the ability to do that across the first two Marsh games. Um, so let's all get him in. And for me, he's sitting on field at the moment. Yeah, no, I love it. Hopefully it's the one. Hopefully they name both of them. I've got a suspicion they will. Because I think, you know, 
I've got to you know dig a little further into my stats, but you know, kind of watching the game, I felt like Marnie had a lot of pressure acts. Yeah, and that's what you kind of need from your small forward. So that's they the stuff that won't get your recognition. They mentioned that. Not today, sorry. Early in the season, they love his work ethic up forward. Yeah, yeah, and so it might be the stuff he's doing um, whilst you know team doesn't have the ball that you know kind of gets him a gig. So that's what Dalhouse was special for when he was kind of like prime doggies, without doubt. And and even you know as his super coach scores tumbled, he's still doing a lot of that kind of pressuring kind of stuff as well. So. Look, Curtis Taylor locked if Marnie's name also selected because Marnie's got the advantage of also being a DPP, so we can get him as a midfielder. And I think we're starved for midfielders at the moment, you know, sort of sub 130k. A couple of my draft sliders here too that I always like late in the draft. Josh Simpkin had 26 and Jasper Pittard at the 22, so 87, 86. They're always good for a draft. Anyone who's got a draft coming up, you can normally pick them up real late. Yep. Just wanted to chuck that in there. Um, yeah, Jack Marnie, we already spoke about him. Um, Tristan Zeri, Cherry, do we just pass on this because when Ben Brown comes back, he's the most likely one out? It seems that's that's the way they're going to go, doesn't it? I, I feel like with all the teams out there, and, you know, I've been speaking about this three-tall three, three tall forward line and all the rest of it, I feel like they only want two. They only want Larky and Brown. Yeah. And he's, he's real tall, too. Yeah, and, you know, so Goldie would have to go down probably for him to be selected for us. Um, I feel like if he's named, I mean, hypothetical here, Jerry's named, Darcy Cameron's not, you want to start one of them on your ruck bench, who do you go? Yeah, well, you probably go the, the Cherry just because it's there. Hmm. So I'm, I'm more inclined to say Cameron because I don't think um, it's going to be long before Cameron's in the team. And I think Cox was all right yesterday, though. Yeah, but, you know, they could drop my check for him. Like, no. They probably won't, but they no, could. No, that's not happening. Check has done too much for Collingwood to get dropped. Ben Reid's not even in the team. Exactly. So if Ben Reid was fit, though, they'd have a look at those three tall yeah, forwards. Yeah, no, nah, I, I don't think that. I don't think that's how what's going on. Hmm. Anyway, I'd probably start Cameron even over Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably, look, I'm probably more inclined to, but if it was there and the other one wasn't, then... But you know why? It's also the fact that I've got Brody, and um, I could just be, you know, Brody misses a week for whatever reason, rolls yeah. his ankle. I've got Cameron there. Yeah, I no, know that's no. going to get named, and right. just walk in. No, that's, um, that's actually a good fan theory there. Um, oh, should I? Oh, Aiden Bonner. If he's named round one, will you look at it? Who's this, Bonner? Yeah. Yeah, he looked a little limp for me, Corey. Very good. Uh, no, no, no chance. There's no chance now to, to come into my team. I sort of said it the whole preseason, didn't I? I was a big no for him. I said, you know, they're worried about his fitness. He only got to play 27% game time today. Way four free gigs. Um, just no. I think we've got enough forward rookies with Taylor now. I think Georgiatis, Taylor, Rankin, King, I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. Even if Rankin doesn't get up, I'll probably still start with him because I know he'll he'll feature round two, round three. Oh, that's always so risky. Yeah, that's okay. Now, the, oh, sorry. What did you take out of this game the most, mate? What did you take away from this game? Oh, Jesus Christ. What did I take out of this game? Um, well, the, the people that were really big on Jordan Dawson have gone very quiet. Actually, I skipped over Jordan Dawson. 
He's scored 50 from 82%. I haven't heard a peep out of them all preseason. Sorry, that's all we heard during the preseason, and um, I haven't heard a peep out of them at this point. A little bit more quiet today. Yeah, no, they haven't been quiet, Corey. They've been silent. Yeah, very good. Um, and mine was that we finally got one. We, as much as everyone's been whinging about, we haven't got any. Um, young Taylor, we've finally got one. Finally, and relie- is relievingly a word? If it isn't, I'm going to make it up. It is, it's yeah. relievingly. I feel relieved. Okay. Probably more so than after one of Brett's sessions in the bedroom. <laughs> one of eight. <laughs> um, jump across to Essendon and Geelong. Look, the game I want to speak about the most, probably out of anyone, the Bombers, mate. They're 2-0 in the preseason. <laughs> they are absolutely flying. Get on board the Bomber Express, boys, because it, it's departing straight to finals. Don't you dare use the Express analogy. I mean, because Bomber and Bombs, it's it's probably not too far off. I'm not impressed with that one, mate. I just want to say. Um, but Zerk Thatcher. I mean, uh, wait, who? You mean Bzzt? Bzzt. Sorry, Bzzt. The B. Bzzt. The hey, man, we, we all spoke about him in um, the Essendon preseason, didn't we? Podcast. Yep. We're looking at months ago. And he's been featuring for a period of time. Hooker's injury early days, even though he'll probably play down forward. I mean, 104. If you haven't got him already, get him in. Wait, I think he's six kilos. He's played the most game time, I think, of any player the entire preseason. Wow. He had 94% today. Didn't he have 92 in the first week? I don't think there'd be a player that's played more game time than that. So if that does not give you confidence to say they see him as best 22 and an absolute shoo-in, and I'm just going back on my stats, he had 83% game time in the first game. 83 and 94. That's all right. What does that equate to? 87 average? Something like that. 88. If he's not in your team already, then he needs to be. He's a $189,000 defender, and for me, he comfortably occupies the defender number five spot. Yeah, just that one that isn't afraid to take the game on either. Like, he got the ball, he was u- he was using it very well, and the commentary, they did say today, you know, he's had six kicked on him last week, and it hasn't faced him at all. So, good head on his shoulders, will use the ball, um... You know, a lot of them were looking for Hurley coming out of defence. Thatcher wasn't afraid to kick it out, but, yeah. There was a, and a great intercept mark, too. Yeah, he had, like, 12 intercept possessions, I think, of his 18, which really was... Really uh, good overhead. Yeah, that, that, that's a, the intercept possession stuff's the key to his 104 points on the day, for sure. Uh, how good was Dev, by the way? One of the six that haven't moved, Corey. Yeah. And, again, this is another one of the players that that fucking idiot Brett... If he wasn't so focused on how much sex his fucking dick was getting, Corey, he, he might get his hand off it or whoever's hand off it and he fucking might go around and select this fella. Fair income. One hand on the leash, one hand on his cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and none on the keyboard to fucking <laughs> trade him in. He's stupid. I mean, he's only had 21 ta- – I mean, 10 tackles. Do you not understand that this guy, he loves the cuddle? He was his biggest fan two years ago when he ran in virtually the whole season as a forward. What's he doing now at 330K not selecting him? He's, he's good. He's good. And we said it last week. Like, the, the first half was an, an, an outlier. An outlier. An out, yeah, an outlier, as you like to pronounce it. That's why I was like, what's an outlier? Yeah, and you said an outlier. outlier. I always get confused which one I normally say, so I've got to go with one oh, or the other. You've got to remember this, Corey. Yeah. What, what uh, do I always say you are? A liar. So the word is? 
Outlier. Thank you. There we go. So we'll go with Outlier then. <laughs> uh, true to form. Uh, but very good. Fair dinkum. I mean, he must be selected. He's a top six forward, and he's 330K. I agree. Um, yeah, it was almost didn't need this much. I didn't need everyone to be looking at him. But, yeah, let's have a, have a chat about his counterpart on Geelong, Jack Stephen. Hold on. Go on both. What was that? Dizza? Dizza yeah. just texted me. He said, Jack Stephen? is yeah. back. He's come out of nowhere. He's um, pricked up. 97 from 65%. Oh hey, I'm just, I'm just going to flip one out to the listeners here. If, if by any chance one of you listening ever becomes an admin, the first question that you get when you join the chat is, who's the best player in the AFL? <laughs> or this is the only one to ask. Yeah. Whoever's just in next, just say Jack Stephen. Yeah, or don't, because that'll piss Dizzer off. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, in, he's now... We've said all pre-season, we keep dropping his name in this yeah. you know, mid-priced forward conversation, don't we? We just keep dropping it. And we haven't seen him until today. And holy fuckballs, Corey. <laughs> holy fuckballs. Holy Brett's balls. Holy Brett's balls. He has now thrown the spanner for me because I was very comfortable with everything in my team prior to this game. And now I'm thinking... Is it Brayshaw or is it Jack Stephen? Because yeah, that's the question. Jack Stephen. But games played in terms of confidence, in terms of role, because we saw him a lot in the midfield today. I don't know if he's going to yeah. play your midfield the whole year. Yeah, he looked like an absolute beast running with that ball, though. Yeah, he did. And you know what? That was the one that he the tackle. Something Geelong's had a lot of but also something that they did lose in Tim Kelly as well. Absolutely stiff arm the bloke as you're in past him. Brayshaw v. Jack Stephen. It's going to be a popular topic, I think, in the next week and a half. I don't know where I'm sitting at the moment. At the moment, I'm leaning to Brayshaw oh, because... Jack Stephen for that. Yeah. I and I'm, what I've seen today. I'm only saying Brayshaw because of I feel like games played is going to be 22 for him. And... I want to be select. I just feel like this year it's, it's a good idea just to pick some players that you're confident are going to play. How would you feel with a team with Devin Smith, Jack Stephen, and Brayshaw in it? No, nah, because that means you're probably not running both Whitfield and Martin. I was going to say, like, and then how's one without Whitfield and Martin? Going one, two, three. Yeah, no. Nah, I don't like all three of them. I feel like Devin Smith is a non-negotiable and then you've got to pick one out of Brayshaw and Stephen. I feel like Stephen's got more potential to be a top six. You know, before I said Brayshaw's probably going to be top eight at best. Jack Stephen can do top six. We know that. We know Jack Stephen can be top six. It's just a matter of can Jack Stephen play enough games to warrant a selection. That, that's my concern. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It is, and you know what? It's a real flip of the coin. Some people, you know, might find it real handy to have that extra 21000 or whatever the difference between the price is lying around because it might enable them to do, I don't know, what a 21000 buyer, maybe, I don't know, Bonson Pally up to Josh Kelly or something like that. Like, that's what that 21000 might be able to do. So that 21000 might get you a know, Lockie Ash up to Noble just about or... You know, might get you a 120k rookie up to Starsevich or something like that. So that 20k could actually become very important. Um, yeah, it's just 
It's a matter. It's almost a flip of the coin for me. It's games played versus average. I think there's going to be so many teams that pull their ruck structure structure apart just for Jack Stephen, and that scares me. Yeah, but I so I feel like with my Ford setup and how it has been for a while now, I've had the two big boys, and then I've had two kind of, I've had one kind of mid price, and then obviously the cheap Devin Smith. So for me, it's just a you know kind of an easy decision to say that third position sitting there is really a tug-of-war at the moment between Stephen and Brayshaw. It's crazy. Would you consider running a primo less in the midfield to get the, like the Brayshaw, nope. Stephen? Nope. Yeah. nope. I'll tell you now, we're struggling with these rookies at the moment, and there is no way... Now, the hardest position to buy into during the season is your midfield because they're always going to be 600-plus, Right. Do not start the year with only four of your top guys because that means you've got to trade in another four of them. By starting five, it means you only have to trade in three of them. And with midfield rookies, well, not midfield rookies, but all rookies, we're not you know, sort of setting the world on fire. Not at this point anyway. That could all change. But with the projected confidence we're going to have in the players that are going to be making us money being fairly low, then running one shorter in the midfield in the long run is going to cost you big time. And I just want to say, too, the safest part about all this really is that you go with one of them. So, hypothetically, you go the Jack Stephen, you go the Brayshaw. Um, I got no, no, you know, I'm not including Devin Smith in there because I consider Devin Smith probably going to be top six. But you go one of them because if you get it right, beautiful, you're on track. But don't forget, league matches don't start to round three. If you get it wrong, there's the sideways correctional. Yeah. Always going to the season in my mind that I'm probably making two trades. Well, I'm most likely making two trades come round three. There's nothing wrong with that because it's all about the correctional. Mm-hmm. So if you go with both and both fail, you're fucked. Yep. Yep. So just wanted to, yeah, add that. Um, oh, your boy Farknuckle. You look good in the midfield again. I'm telling you, Corey. If he didn't have that run, I would have started him. I'm very confident he's going to produce good numbers this year, but in no way and in no uncertain terms should anyone be picking him in the classic form because he's priced at $404,000. But, you know, he should have been, if you haven't drafted already, bumped up all your draft uh, orders and uh, been selected. Uh, Paddy D, just doing what Paddy D does, 33 disposals. Oh, Paddy Dow? Yeah, Paddy Dow was good on the weekend, Corey. Um, yeah, showed some excitement. 16 contested. You don't um, even need to see that from Danger. Nah, it's just a lie. Um, you know, I didn't mind the look of that Kennelly bloke when he came on the ground, too. Yeah, he's, he's not... He's not debuting, but I didn't yeah. mind the look of him. He had one where he delivered a nice ball inside 50. Um, yeah. yeah, nothing to add on this game. Uh, no. Alright. You ready for some questions? Well, I, what's the pod plan here? So obviously we've got the one on Wednesday. Then I'd imagine we'd have a uh, one probably next Wednesday when Carlton Richmond teams are dropped. Yeah, and then probably everything probably else. On... We've got the live podcast on Patreon. So for those that aren't Patreon members, recommend definitely having a look at signing up, especially come to the start of the season because any team questions you've got, we're not answering them anywhere else but Patreon. Um, that's where we will have live podcasts probably on the Thursday before the game starts, probably on Friday as we get into it too. So um, everything else will be free. Our podcast will stay free. Uh, um, 
you know, all our YouTube channel and everything will be free, but a lot of those kind of leading up to game day's activities, they'll kind of be on Patreon. And how fun's game day chat been? Seriously, Mobs? Um, gee, I don't know if I caught fun. We probably sat in there for about two hours the other night and we didn't have anyone join us. So that no, was no, just not the live chat, you idiot. Oh, which one? The actual game day. As the oh, game just the texting chat? Yeah, 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 no, it's been good. And just so the listeners know, I actually did jump on the, the, the voice chat one the other day and fucking old mate Daz was on there and... Oh, just, yeah, you were in. Yeah, you were. I was going to oh, say, did, we had one yesterday on there was like six or seven of us in there. Just fucking ripped them a few and then fucked off pretty quickly after that, I would have thought. Um, That's me good. Me bit good. of fun. Me and Benny talking about Nick Nat all night. That was does fun. he have you? Yeah, he does at the moment. Hey, we should make a rule, Corey. Anyone that signed up to Patreon or Patreon cannot have uh, Nick Nat on you. Nah, if bullshit. Anything. That was fun. As. He shat dick as soon as you joined the chat. Of course, course he did. <laughs> No, all good, all good. Uh, you ready for some potty questions? Yeah, mate. Um, scroll back. Did I go too far? You know what? Can everyone just stop freaking talking on podcasts? I mean, on the Patreon questions. Um, well, you, well, you find it. And I've got it, big, but yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, fuck you, Will Snelly. And everyone's like, oh, 120 last week. Let's get him. And he backed it up with the 57, the donkey. So. What a gun. So. Uh, Timmy's Blues, rank the mid-price, cheap, full and premium forwards, i.e. McPherson. So, give me your order. McPherson, Brayshaw, Greenwood, Petrarca, Dawson. Um, Brayshaw's the only one I'd encourage you to select out of that entire thing. I'm, you need to slow down for me. Yeah, well, you said it too quick, so I've got Brayshaw, Petrarca, who else? McPherson, Greenwood, Dawson. Greenwood, McPherson. I'm trying to write this down, mate. Dawson, Petrarca. All right, so I'm going with... Brayshaw, Greenwood, McPherson, Dawson, Petrarca. <laughs> What's that funny? Oh, because it sounded like you had Petrarca second before, and now you got in fifth. But you were just saying no, no, no. I was just no, I was just yeah, that was my recollection. Brayshaw, of the <laughs> Brayshaw, Greenwood, McPherson, Petrarca. Ah, uh, Dawson, Petrarca. So we got the same order. Oh, did you have Petrarca last as well? Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know the people replying. Um. And then we got another one from. Oh, oh, Benny wanted Smith in there, but Smith's clearly Smith would just be one. Yeah. Um, Kenny can win it. Uh, can I do the unthinkable and have no Grundy or Gorn in no? favour of a Jacobs, Naismith, Darcy Cameron, Segler rotation? Allows me to afford expensive rook and go five deep in the forwards and mids. Corey. <laughs> that is fucking balls. What tier did this guy sign up to in Patreon? Uh, I think that's tier two. So what do you pay? Five bucks a month? Yeah, and these are replies with no. Yeah. Give him give him his five bucks, Corey. <laughs> give him another fucking forty thousand and tell him to go fucking buy a brain. How's that? Uh, <laughs> Fair dinkum. No Grundy and no Gorn. He's picking he's not gonna pick the two highest averaging players in the league. Yeah. It's your B C and C option. You're, you're not looking- buying one of them. No, sorry, you're not buying two of them, Corey. You're buying three. I'll give you. I'll give you the pros and cons, Kenny. You'll come out with the highest score in probably fucking round one. Um, probably won't. Okay, you won't. But and then yeah, then you're fucked. So the longer you go on, and I'll tell you, look, have a think about how I spoke about the midfield earlier, right? You're going to have so much trouble if you start up with four compared to five because the amount of midfielders you've got to bring in. Imagine the trouble and waste of trades and scrambling you're going to have to do all year. To get those two Ruckman, whoever the hell you're thinking of running, up to Grundy and Gorn. Come on, mate. 
Um, Eli, Eli Fitty Fitty, how much do Saints and Port players rise in your thinking now that they're playing in rounds 12, 13, and 14? Yep. No, no. That, I like that question, Corey. We don't often get good ones from listeners, but what's this guy's name? Eli Fitty Fitty. He was actually in chat with us the other night. Eli Fitty Fitty. I'm just marking him down because, uh, yep, I think he's got some potential. I think it's very relevant. Because all of a sudden, Houston are more likely to select because he doesn't have that round eight buy. But let's face it, what other players from those two teams are we going to select aside from Houston? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the rookie's not included in that, obviously. Yeah. No, Houston right now is the only one unless someone else emerged. And I think Houston now is more likely because he doesn't have that round, out bot, round, out bot, uh, round eight buy. Yeah, imagine if Roel Marshall was like, still forward. Yeah, well, he would be more likely than to start in my team, given uh, that if that was a situation. However, I don't even know if I would have started him, to be honest. I mean, how would you select Marshall ahead of Whitty, Whitfield or Dusty? Uh, Daz has sent through a photo of his team and asked any questions on what he can do, but Daz's team's going to change about 55 times in the next two hours. So, so I don't have any Discord on me, so I uh, can't Daz, look at it. Daz, me and you will just have a chat privately. Um, but Zerk Thetch is Zerk is bzzzt, a must. Oh. No doubt. Yeah, nah, strongly. No doubt. Uh, Scary's V. So Scary's five. I assume maybe that's what we're going with. Uh, Smith v. Stephen. Ah, so Smith. It's always Smith. Smith. Uh, Brayshaw versus Greenwood versus McPherson. Uh, we kind of done this before, and yeah, I did Brayshaw, Brayshaw Greenwood then McPherson. <laughs> Noble versus. Bzzzt. Yeah, after today's outing, I think I agree. And <laughs> he just replies with cheers, Corey. <laughs> Oh, well, fuck you, mate. Uh, Benny Roth, can we have a legit conversation about Nick Knack? Bring him in for Gorn would solve a lot of issues regards mid-prices. What issues is it going to solve? You're just going to bring in another mid-pricer. Yeah, but I think that's what he wants to do. <laughs> he wants to bring in Nick Knack so he can bring in more mid-prices. He's a fucking idiot, this Rothberg guy, Corey. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Had this conversation with Brett the other day, right? Because Brett's like, nah, I'm fucking staying away from Doherty and staying away from Smith and all this kind of stuff, right? I did a premium comparison with Brett, right? And what I worked out was I actually had one more premium than Brett by selecting players like Doherty and Smith and Roberton for that matter as well. But I didn't count Roberton as a premium. The key here is the more mid-prices you bring in, the more trades you're going to have to make. Right. So say, for instance, you got 10 players who in their position are going to average, you know, the highest of their position. You still got to bring in another 12 players to fill, you know, your kind of your best 22, if that makes sense. Those 12 players you bring in are 12 trades. Plus, you need to downgrade 12 other players at a minimum. It's actually more likely to be 15 or 16 to earn the money to get those players up. All of a sudden, you're 27 to 28 trades down and only two trades spare. One, you've got nothing left for finals. Two, you've got nothing left for injuries. A lot of the mid-priced players who bring it in, they've got injury concerns in the last few years, haven't they? We're going to need trades to sideways these guys at some point. What I'm saying is get as many of the premium players as you can into your team now. You want to start the year, I think, with at least 12 of them because that'll leave just 10 upgrades to do in your team, and you can do that easily in the, what is that, 10, 25 trades. Leaves no. your five spare. That was arguably the most sense you've ever made. No, nah, well, I'm, I'm all about logic, Corey. Yep. Um, 
wow, you actually really just rattled me, Bombs. Like, come on. The other way you got to look at it too is is when you're picking mid-price players. I mean, when when I look at a mid-price player, I only try and pick a mid-price player that I believe is going to become a primo. Correct. So Docker's in that price range. Devin Smith, I think uh, Stephen Wood ha- could have the ability to be a top six. I'm not picking mid-price players to just get me that next jump because if you got, you know, it, it's that's that comparison. Let's compare three players. Let's go Grundy, Gorn, you know, two rookies versus mid, 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 mid. Like, well, that well, that's an extra two trades you've got on top of the Grundy and Gorn. Yeah, and and to be fair. You're probably even winning that with your primo and rook situation anyway. I mean, you might lose some early ones. So let's say, for instance, Nick Nat and Jack Stephen will probably score you more than Max Gorn and, say, George Yardy, so someone like that, right? However, as you know, by the time round six or seven comes, if George Yardy's is kind of like your first upgrade, then you know, you've got Gorn and a premium forward versus Nick Nat and Jack Stephen. And if you're upgrading Jack Stephen as that kind of first upgrade to your premium forward or whatever it is, then you've got essentially Nick Nat v Gorn at round six, and you're getting beat up in that situation. Yep, very good. Okay. Uh, Gorn, <laughs> Coronavirus. I freaking love this guy's name. Thoughts on Isaac Cumming? At yeah. 458, scores of 86 and 111. He's not 458. No, no, no. 245, sorry. Oh, 245. Yeah, no, I can't do it. And the reason being, if I'm spending that much, I need to be absolutely assured that he's um, in their best 22 week in, week out. So you look at him and you compare him with Dylan Robertson and you think, okay, Robertson at 260, come in at 245. Hmm, Robertson, a bit of injury history, but guaranteed to be best 22, isn't he? So I want that security in that pick. Um, The next one. Jettis has asked a bit of an interesting question, but I'm just going to break it down. How many games did they play the full 22? Do you think these players will average, will score more than 90? So, you know, like 12 out of 22. So, Dev Smith? Score more than 90? Yep. Um, 18 out of 22. McPherson? Throw it up in the air. I'll sit on like 12. Stevens? Um, full 22. Yeah, you probably go 16. Bradshaw? Um, he's going to have a lot of scores, high 80s, I reckon. So he's going to be on the cusp. Over 90, I reckon 13. Segler. Mm, if he's sole ruck, 15. So Jetta's question mainly was, would it be crazy to basically line up those five in, as your starting forwards? Yes. Yeah. Because they're not going to be top six. Because you don't have Whitfield and Martin, and they're guaranteed to be top six. Uh, Nards222, what do you boys think? Oh, Nards loves a favourite, by the way. Let's talk in horses. My God. What do you boys think Tom Mitchell will average this year? Oh, one eighteen, give or take. I um, mean, you just asked if it's safe to run the three of Brayshaw, Stephen, and Dev Smith, but we just answered that before. Yep, two out of three. Yep. Um... Frogger, it is Frogger who posts those memes too. They're actually my favourite. Might be too late, but super simple one. Give structure follows, given structure follows cows. Which rooks such cut price cows can we effectively lock in? I don't understand that question. I know what he means. Um, he wants to start locking in his rookies so he can work out how much money he's got left over everywhere okay. else. So I think at the moment you take one out of Noble and Dash. Would you agree? Yep. 
I think you lock in Bzzd, yep. Zerk Thatcher. I think at the moment we take Starsevich. Brander. Brander and Williams from West Coast. Yeah, I hope that another one cheaper than Stars gets named as well. Yeah, because I would go Stars down. Yep. yep, that'd be my plan. I think we're in a Greens. Your, your midfield uh, Real, six, seven, and eight should be Rao Green Pickett, yeah? Yep. And I think then we're looking at Robertson, Sharp, Marnie is probably the next three best. Yeah, hopefully Robertson gets named. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, your ruck bench, we're probably kind of looking at Cameron, Cameron I would have thought, yep. or Cameron or, or Zeri, yep. Cherry. And in your forwards, we're looking at, I think these are the four, Georgiades, Taylor, Rankin, and King. And I think your emergency, you kind of break glass if emergency will be Ben Davis from Adelaide. Yeah, and then we've got to hope just something else. Like like a hope it Greaves or a fucking Will Gould, someone yeah. finds a way to, you know, they got two weeks. Don't forget, they got two weeks to impress on the training track as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, if we I say don't like, did I, I don't like when you laugh like that. Did I did I say that if we we had to pick two out of Brayshaw, Stephen and Smith, was it Smith and Stephen? Did we already do that? Um, I don't think we did it, but I think we said you you definitely pick uh, Smith and you pick one of the other two. Yeah. So what I was laughing is, Daz, hey, bombshell, big flog, pretty cringe wearing your 2017 Supercoach ring to draft night. Do you also carry <laughs> your under-12 participation awards? Can't wait for footy in round two together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as you started laughing, I knew it was, it was just a fucking pot shot at me because uh, it's probably the only thing that G's up. I have to say, Daz, every time I make a team trade as well, I'm wearing my 2017 Supercoach ring because it's just a thing of beauty. Because I'm just trying to, you know, I've got to live the glory days, Taz. I haven't got much going on else in my life. Um, and I already told him, round two, I'm actually fleeing the country because there's no chance I'll fucking see him at the footy. Yeah, here's another good one. That's a perfect segue into this from Jettas. Bumps, can you rate what's more important? One, two, or three. Winning the Supercoach Elites League, winning the 50K, or steering clear of Dad's for the remainder of your life? Oh, Daz, that's not even a question. You're kidding me. I'd, I'd fairly can give up a bet. I'd give up me house if it meant I wasn't fucking seeing Daz ever again. What's two and three? Um, Elites League or 50? Well, you'd be stupid. Well, I, I reckon, though, if I'm winning the 50K, I'm winning the Elites League, to be honest. Don't they go hand in hand? No, not necessarily. You might get pipped in finals. Um, oh, fuck it. 50K is not worth it, mate. I'll, I'll take the 50. I'll put it on, um, I'll put it on alligator blood. To win, the, oh, to win the Cox. Absolutely home. Jono <laughs> Graham, should we start Zerk, Thatcher, Noble, Lockie H, and Lockie, Lockie Schultz, and Rao? No. Nah. You can't have, now, with Robertson. This is interesting. That's a mill. That's a mill in five rookies. I think Robertson and Rao are an absolute lock at players between two to 300,000. Yeah. You can't run any more than one more in that price bracket. So Rao and Robertson are your locks. You run one more, but no more than that. Maybe Noble and then Zerk Thatcher that just fits underneath. Zerk Thatcher's not 200k. I yeah, was thinking that sort of. Yeah. Yeah, Thatcher's a lock. All right. Well, that's it for questions. That's all right. Probably covered most things. Yeah, have you got the group code? I do, Corey. I did bring that up. It is um, not 196234. And I've got to do a count. 
I'm going to do a count on this, actually, because I reckon we could be hitting towards the 1K. The, the thing about this is it takes actually a long time. Oh, you have how to go annoying through. is it that it doesn't have the like, numbers it's on there? unbelievable. It just yeah. doesn't tell you. So I've got to go through count team by team. Uh, one, two, three. Oh, it's a fucking acid. So I might do that um, prior to the next podcast. So we'll see. But I reckon, look, hopefully we'll crack the... Um, the 1K mark. So if you're out there and you, you don't know what a group is, it's the same as a league, right? So you go into your league. Well, not the same as a league, but you go into your league section. And instead of pressing create or join um, a league, scroll down a little bit and press create join group. And so what this is, is we can have as many people as we want in this group. And it just kind of ranks everyone from best to worst on the overall position. That's sort of their flying. So, I mean, keep a track of it all year. So if you're absolutely flying, um, you know, we're sort of, you know, giving you a shout-out, you know, reviewing your team yeah, and all the rest of it. Last year, we were living through, what was that bloke's name? A couple of blokes in the top 100. Yeah, and there was one guy in the top 10. We were legit that's right. living through him every week. And just and just barracking for him. So, you know, if you're having a good year, you've got the potential to get yourself a bit of a shout-out or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, join it. It's 196-234. Yeah, and there'll probably be weeks that we look at, you know, the highest score of the week and give out a prize or something as well. So... Always interesting things out there. Um, now, for all our Patreons that are waiting for their league codes, they'll be coming out very shortly. Do not stress. We'll make sure in a league before the start of the season. And look, if you're special enough, I think we might have a couple more spots up in an elite, in some of the lower elites leagues too. So um, sign up to Patreon, and if you're there to fill numbers, then we'll definitely get you in. Um, so you could be one of the lucky ones. Really in saying that, though, are we not guaranteeing every Patreon member gets in a league, though? Uh, that had signed up before February, we were. Ah, before February. Yeah, so yeah, now, that now that we've got the March ones, we might have a couple spots left in a couple of those leagues. Okay. So if we get a couple more sign-ups, we'll definitely get another one going up or gotcha. maybe be able to fill in one of the lower leagues as well. Um, and just a reminder that if you do join in the month of March or... You know, you're already in from February, then you are entitled to the Elite, to come out to the Elite tonight, um, which we'll catch up probably when you're back from overseas, Bombs. Yep, and if Daz is, I'm telling you, if Daz will attend that, Corey, I'll be in our show. <laughs> I'll ring sick with coronavirus, I don't care. I'll definitely be having a chat. Actually, no, fuck it. If I've got corona, I'll just fucking spit all over the cunt. <laughs> 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 um, now, hey, keep in mind, we've got a very special pod on Wednesday. That's right, we're crossing over, aren't we? Yep. Um, with the insiders, so we don't mind doing this. Is this the second time or third time we're doing it? Uh, second, I think. Or first. No. Was last year the first? No, last year might have been the first. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, look, that it's was actually, a good one. Actually, one of my favourite pods. Really? Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, see, I don't like having to talk to people that I don't really fucking take an interest in, Corey. So it's a struggle enough just to come and talk to you every week, to be honest. And now that I've got me private chats with Brett, I'm feeling a bit booked out, to be honest. It's always good. I like, you know, Benny's a good bloke and Chris is always good to no, just listen to for just for absolutely yeah. useless fucking super coach information. So they're actually, uh, they're actually nice guys and that's... No, they are really, really good blokes and I'm, uh, yeah, hanging to do this pod again. It's, uh, like I said, it is one of my, one of my faves. So... Um, looking forward to it. We have invited Brett. Um, oh, fucking no who knows word. if he turns up. Yeah, no no word on whether he's rocking up. But I'll tell you now, you thought these podcasts were long. If Brett was there, there'd be five of us crapping on about the top ten of each line. I remember last year. We, we, might, be in for, yeah, we might be in for about five hours this year, Corey. Uh, <laughs> so, that's all right. 
Keep, keep, keep the listeners listening. There's a, you know, a lot of time to fill in between the next, what, 10 days before the season starts. I'd say, yeah, and I know we were saying this before, you know my favourite saying the pre-season is never enough time. Yep. As we're speaking, Corey, nine days, 21 hours, nine minutes and 45 seconds. You shit. would be absolutely shitting bricks. Anxiety levels are, are fairly high, I'm not going to lie. But, whew. I can't wait to crack that tinny on that Thursday night. Just one. Oh nah, nah. We have a we have a token wine night, wine catch up every year with a yeah. couple of the old friends. So yeah. it's always good on the Thursday night. Anyway, um, all right, latest. That it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. Keep keep an eye out on YouTube this week. There'll be a couple more videos up on there. Um, and yeah, definitely tune in for Wednesday's podcast, the crossover with the insiders. Um, on behalf of Bombs, myself, and our patrons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. Peace out, community, and thanks for listening. <laughs>